You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Let me ask you a question. Why should you choose God over anything else? Why should you choose to seek God, to obey God, to trust God more than other voices, other options, other choices, that our life is filled with options, infinite options of other things besides God that we would be more devoted to, that we would obey, that we would seek after? This is a question I have to ask myself all the time. I always have to remind myself why following Christ, why seeking and trusting and obeying Christ is always worth it more than other options that I have. Now, I'm sure you're the same way. That's just what life is. If you're going to live the Christian life, you're going to have this struggle. You're going to have to have times where people are talking against you, talking against your beliefs, talking against you being a Christian. And you're going to have to live with that, or you're going to just pretend you're not a Christian. And that wouldn't be what Christ wants you to do. Or you're going to have times where your sexual integrity is costing you something. It's hard. And you're going to have options to go the other way. And you have to remind yourself, why choose God over going another way? You have to make sacrifices of priorities. What what you want to spend your time doing? Do you want to read your Bible or do you want to watch TV? Do you want to give from the money God's given you or do you want to keep it all for yourself? There's all kinds of sacrifices you have to make if you want to be a disciple of Christ, if you want to follow Christ. You have to also resist being dishonest. There's a thousand ways we can be dishonest that would protect ourselves in some way or provide for ourselves some kind of benefit. And honesty is costly. And yet we choose honesty because we want to walk in truth. We want to walk in not dishonesty, but honesty because we're followers of Christ. But, but why be? Why choose God over anything else? And that's why reading the Psalms and praying through the Psalms really helps me. It reminds me who God is. It reminds me the kind of person I want to be. And we see it right off the bat here in Psalm 26 in verse 3. He says, for your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. Right away, here's the thing. I want to walk I guess you would expect it to say, I walk in my faithfulness or I walk in faithfulness, but it's kind of a little surprising that he says, I walk in your faithfulness. It's our understanding of God's faithfulness, his steadfast love. For your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. Now, these are the eyes of faith. These are the eyes of our heart. We have to use our imagination to see God's steadfast love. Can you do that? Can you use your imagination before your eyes, he says, the eyes of your heart, Paul says in Ephesians 1.18, can you use your imagination, the eyes of your heart, to see God's steadfast love for you, steadfast love, the love of the being who created this universe. And as vast as this universe is, as a measure, and even infinitely beyond that, is a measure of his steadfast love for you. I walk in your faithfulness. Understanding God's trustworthiness, 
His word is true. He's going to keep his promises. Like Jesus says in Revelation 21, that his words are trustworthy and true. They will be proven true. We can see that with the eyes of our heart. We have to use our imagination in some way to to understand his faithfulness to us and his steadfast love. And when we get that, when that comes before our eyes of faith, we want to walk in that. We want to walk in his steadfast love, his faithfulness. And so he says in verse six, I go around your altar, O Lord. What's an altar? That's a place where a sacrifice was made, the sacrifice of atonement. We go around, he says, I go around your altar. This is a place of sacrifice, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. We can do that in our imagination. We don't use altars today because Christ has become our sacrifice. He is the perfect sacrifice. The cross of Christ was the altar of God where Christ was the perfect sacrifice and took all of my sin and your sin upon his body, upon himself, and he broke through the other side of death and rose from the dead. We go about the altar of God, too, in our imagination, understanding this truth by imagining the cross of Christ— Imagining Christ on the cross because of his steadfast love for you and me, because of his faithfulness that we want to walk into, we go about the altar that is the cross of Christ and we proclaim thanksgiving aloud. I give thanks to God because he has proven his love and he has proven his faithfulness by becoming human in the person of Jesus and letting himself be beaten and crucified so that he would become the perfect sacrifice on the altar for my sin so that I could have an eternal relationship and eternal glory with God. So verse eight, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house, the, the place where your glory dwells. So again, he's using the the reality of the image of the temple, the image of the tabernacle that was the where the altar of God was, where the, God's presence was on earth. Heaven was on earth in the presence of the tabernacle, eventually in the presence of the temple. And that was called the house of God. That literal place becomes something we see with the eyes of our heart, not that we're going into a temple made by human hands, but we go into the very temple of God that is creation itself. We come in our mind to the throne of God, and we come to the altar of God where Christ has made a sacrifice for us, and we proclaim aloud thanksgiving for what he has done. And I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Here's the thing. The house of God is the presence of God that's coming back to earth, not in a temple, not in a tabernacle, but it has come in the person of Jesus and it's coming back in the person of Jesus to dwell with us. God will dwell with us and we will dwell with him, it says in the last chapters of the Bible, and we will see his glory. Jesus says, I want my disciples to, to be where I am and to see my glory in John 17. We will be in the presence of God and we will see his glory when heaven comes back to earth. And this is the story I want to be in. So he says in verse nine, do not sweep my soul away with sinners. The biblical view of the end of the story is that sinners will be swept away. Now, we're sinners too, but we have the altar of Christ on the cross for our sins because we want to trust in his faithfulness. We want to walk in his faithfulness. His steadfast love is before us. But the idea of the end of this narrative is that God will sweep away those who don't want Christ. 
they will be swept from the face of the earth. So we don't want to be swept away. We want to be here in the presence of God so that we can see his glory, be where his glory dwells. And we give thanks that he has taken care of that through Christ on the cross because of his steadfast love. His steadfast love is before my eyes, and I will walk in your faithfulness, this psalmist says. So the last verse we'll look at is verse 11. He says, But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. Now, again, we don't want to put trust in my integrity. This is not what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, I want to walk in your faithfulness, God. I want to walk in your faithfulness because your steadfast love is before my eyes. And so I want to walk in my integrity. I want to have integrity. This is who I really want to be. I don't want to have a double life as if I believe in you one moment and then live as if you're not real and live as if your steadfast love is not before my eyes and live as if you're not faithful and not think about the altar that has proven your steadfast love and forget about the glory that will be the narrative of my life in this bigger story. But I forget all that and I live a double life. I think at one moment and then I forget at the next. Now that's that's my life, and I think that's your life too. And when we understand who God is, we don't want that to be our life. Who we are when no one is able to see us is who we genuinely want to be, a person of integrity, a person who doesn't live a double life, who is the same whether somebody's looking at us or not, because this is who we truly are before God, who is always looking at us. That's our audience. God is our companion. God is the one who's always with us, so we're never alone. There's never a point. There's never a time. There's never a place where we don't walk in integrity, because that's who we really want to be. But the this psalmist says, redeem me. I say the same thing, don't you? I need God to redeem me from my double life. I need God to redeem me because of, the, of Christ on the altar of the cross. I need him to take the things in my life that are broken and repair them and to be gracious to me, to not give me what I deserve, but to give me what I don't deserve. And that's his love and faithfulness and grace. I shall walk in his faithfulness, not mine, but because of his faithfulness and because of his steadfast love, I want to walk in integrity. Now, in order for this psalm to go deeper into your soul, you need to pray it. I think that's really one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's why he gave us this prayer book called the Psalms, is so that we would pray these verses to God. And not all the verses resonate with us, and so we pick the ones that do. So I'm going to pick the ones that we've talked about, and we're going to develop a vocabulary of prayer so that we can pray to God by the words of the Holy Spirit. I think there's something to that, and I think it helps us. It reminds us why we should choose God over anything else. So let's, let's pray. Would you pray with me here? Oh, Lord God, the creator of this universe, in my imagination, I can see your steadfast love for me. Your steadfast love is before my eyes of faith, my eyes of the heart. And I see in my imagination the God that created this universe is a measure of the God who loves me. And that your love for me is as vast as this universe and infinitely beyond that. But the God that created this universe says he has a steadfast love for me. These words written by your Holy Spirit to remind me of your steadfast love. 
Imagine the vastness, the enormity of this love you have for me. I want to imagine that now, and I want to walk in your steadfast love. I want to walk in your faithfulness, your faithfulness because you died for me. I go about the altar in my imagination of Christ on the cross, the perfect sacrifice for all of my sin, all of my sin, not just part of my sin, not just a few sins, but all of my sin put on Christ on the cross as the perfect and eternal and once for all sacrifice for my sin. And so I proclaim thanksgiving to you because you have done it. It is finished. You have taken all my sin upon Christ, upon yourself, on the cross. And I tell of all your wondrous deeds of faithfulness to me and steadfast love for me. Oh, Lord, I love your presence. I love the habitation of your house, your presence in my life, the place where your glory dwells, when your glory will return to earth, when heaven comes back to earth. I will see your beauty, your glory, your splendor with my own eyes. I see them by faith now. I see your glory with the eyes of faith, with my imagination. I see the glory of the God that created this universe and the glory of the God that created the mountains and the trees and the fields and the meadows and all the things in this earth that are so beautiful to see and they're just reflections. Even in this fallen earth where there is sin and rebellion, they still reflect the glory of God. Imagine an earth that's recreated. Imagine an earth that's restored and fully inhabited by the glory of God and the beauty of creation and the beauty of the stars and the beauty of the presence of the God of glory always before me. I want to be where your glory dwells, the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep me away with sinners. But I pray that you would redeem me, that you would be gracious to me because I want to walk in integrity I want to be a person who follows Christ with integrity, and I don't want to live a double life. I want to be the same person when nobody is watching as if people are watching, because I know that you are always present with me, and you are always watching, not to judge me, but because you have steadfast love for me, and because you have faithfulness to me, and because you have already taken all my sin on the cross of Christ, and that your glory, even now, is present with me. I don't see it with my eyes, but I see it with the eyes of my heart. I see it with my imagination. And so you are worth it. It's worth it always to follow you more than anything else, anyone else, to listen to your voice more than any other voice. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.